0: Well, this morning, we are moving into the second part of the sermon series that Stephen mentioned as he was leading us in worship. It's entitled Heaven's Song. And the idea of this is, is that God by his grace has allowed us through scripture and through our own personal faith experience to listen in and to hear heaven's announcement, heaven's song of the birth of Jesus. This morning is going to be a little bit abbreviated because of the snow outside. And so in that, just wanted to let you know that this morning's biblical character that we're going to take a look at is Mary. We're going to take a look at her. In just a moment, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And it's when the angel Gabriel visits Mary, but you will notice as we begin to read that the first sentence that you read says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And I know we have a good number of people that attend City, and you've never read the Bible, you're unfamiliar even with the Christmas story. So what I just wanted to say at the outset before we read those scriptures is this, that Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. Elizabeth is Mary, the mother of Jesus's cousin, And she also has a very unique pregnancy where in her old age, God has blessed her. And she's now with child, and she is six months pregnant at the time that we're getting ready to read, and she will, within three months, give birth to John the Baptist. So let's read together Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through
1: 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy...
0: This story comes out of nowhere. Mary is a young virgin Jewish girl during the time of Jesus. And the angel of the Lord comes to her and makes this incredible declaration, this incredible ask. But here's what I know. I know for a lot of us that when we hear the story of Mary... We somehow view her as being supernaturally unique and supernaturally different than any one of us. So when we think about Mary and we think about faith because the candle lighting for churches all over the world this morning is the advent candle for faith. And when we think about her as a faith example, oftentimes we look at her and we say to ourselves, well, Mary is highly favored. And Mary found favor with God and somehow that makes her elevated and unique above all people. But here's what's amazing. Even though there are some Christian theologies that teach this, you need to know it's not biblical. Mary is not somehow a unique human being. She is not. Her parents were people who were fallen and they were in the image and the fallenness of Adam. Not only this, is that these are the two sayings over Mary that uniquely elevate her where it says Mary is highly favored and she found favor with God. But what's amazing about the scriptures is that that phrase, Mary is highly favored, that word that's translated highly favored shows up again in the Newer Testament. And here it is. It's found again in Ephesians chapter one verse six. And here's what the apostle Paul writes to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. You see the word highly favored is now translated freely given. It's the idea of God's grace as a matter of fact That Greek word is based upon the Greek word charis for grace. It means a gift. You don't earn it. It's given to you. And so when the Bible says that Mary was highly favored, she was highly favored because God chose her. Her qualifications are simple. She is a Jewess. She's a virgin. And she's alive at the time of Jesus there are some church traditions that teach that the angel of the Lord, the angel Gabriel went to other women and they said no. The Bible does not teach that. And yet here we are and the angel of the Lord announces to her that she is highly favored and what that really means is that God will freely give to her what he's getting ready to give her. The reality of it is this, is that you and I, are no different than Mary. You're not at all. If you are a living, breathing human being, it means simply this, according to Ephesians chapter 1:6: that if you've accepted Christ, you are highly favored. That God, by his grace, has freely given you his love through Christ. So for any of us who look at Mary and we think about faith on this Sunday morning, if you say, well, I'm excluded and she's somehow supernaturally unique, she is not. But trust me, neither are you. Neither am I. We are simple people who've been created in God's image. Yes, we're fallen like Adam. We have that fallenness in us. But God, by his grace, freely gives us his Son, I want you to hear that. Now, here's what the Scripture tells us, and I'm going to kind of give us some devotional thoughts this morning using Mary as an example of faith. Here's what we find. When Mary asks the question, how in the world could could this be? Here's what the angel Gabriel tells her, that the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. When we look at that, somehow we view that as unique as well. That somehow there's a unique moving of the Holy Spirit on Mary's life. And here's what I want to explain very carefully. Listen, all that's being announced to her is that God's power from outside and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within is what's going to accomplish this. Now here's what you need to know. Every follower of Jesus lives just this way. You know what makes you a follower of Jesus? You know what allows you to move past the natural and move towards the supernatural? It's exactly this. God's spirit on the outside working towards you and then the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's no different. Here's what I want to say. I have watched people my entire faith journey. I've watched people begin to do things in their lives that are above the natural. They don't have the human capability. but God, by the power outside and the indwelling d- of the Holy Spirit within, begins to transform them, transform them, and empowers them to do things that they could not naturally do. You see, when Mary asks the question, She knows how things work. And when the angel of the Lord says, you will conceive and you will give birth to a son, her question is, how in the world will that happen? And what the angel of the Lord tells her is simply this. God's power will overshadow you. And then the power of the Holy Spirit will indwell inside of you. The reality of this is, she is the first Christian. Just like you now are. God's power surrounds you. And the Holy Spirit now dwells within you. You and I lived the same faith journey that Mary did. Now, when I look at Mary, and I've thought and prayed through some devotional thoughts for us this morning about her example of walking by faith, what I do know is this, is that Mary puts faith to her faith. The angel Gabriel says to her, What about her cousin? The angel announces to her, Your cousin, who is too old to have a child and whose womb was barren, is now with child. Not only that, she's in her sixth month. And isn't that crazy? There was no Facebook posting, there were no tweets. There were no texts. There were no phone calls. And here Mary is, and her cousin is six months pregnant, and she has no idea. And the angel of the Lord shows up to her and says, Mary, you're never going to believe it. But your cousin is pregnant. What does Mary do? Well, the gospel tells us. The gospel announces to us that she puts feet to her faith. Let's read that as well.
1: As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home.
0: I want you to notice something. How many of you sitting here would say with confidence, if God visited me... The way he did Mary, I'd do exactly what he told me to do. If the angel Gabriel shows up in my dorm room this afternoon and says, here's what you're going to do. And then not only that, the angel of the Lord tells you there's some other kind of miraculous thing has happened. And you scoot down the dorm hallway and you go knock on that door and you open up the door and you find that that's true. You're thinking, I am all in. How many of you think that you'd live that way? Well, let me pitch you something. God knew that Mary needed more than that. And God knows that you and I need more than that too. I remember when I was called as the pastor here to City Church over 20 years ago. I'll never forget what that was like. I was pulling out of City Church Central. I had just been through a service. As I was pulling out of City Church Central, I stopped just before I made the right-hand turn, and God's Spirit spoke to me. It was not an audible voice, but it was absolutely definitive. You will be the pastor of this church was powerful, I will never forget it. I was so confident that I went and told two other opportunities no, and my wife and I patiently waited for the phone call from the pulpit committee of city. Just patiently waited, I was absolutely confident. But you know what else helped me on the way? I had a friend, his name's Joe, and Joe and I had walked together in our faith journeys as ministers for a long time. As a matter of fact, he was the one that called me to tell me that this opportunity was available. Here's full confession. Another guy he knew called him to ask him if he knew anything about the church because Joe was a missionary and had traveled to churches. And when that guy, a young guy, called him and said, Hey, do you know anything about that church in Charlottesville that's available? My buddy Joe's heart leapt within him. He told the other guy mid-sentence that he had to get off the phone. And he hung up on that guy and he called me. And he said, Pete, you're never going to believe it. This church is available. I think God's in it. Why don't you go in and put your name in? And it was all of that kind of working together. It was a profound experience. And here's what I want to say to you is that when I was exiting the parking lot of City Church Central and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you will be the pastor of that church, and I knew it. You know what else helped so tremendously? That my friend Joe, my friend Joe was involved in my call. I was also involved in his call. There was something about the gift of relationship. And here's what I want to tell you about Mary is that God provides another person. That's Elizabeth, her cousin. And Elizabeth is the one who affirms Mary's calling and journeys with her. Isn't that amazing? I believe that one of the key reasons why Elizabeth is in Scripture, not just as the birth mother of John the Baptist, but because she's the one that affirms Mary's call, We know that they at least journey together for three months because the gospel tells us that's how long Mary stays with Elizabeth. And here's our example of faith. That as you walk with God, God will bring you your Elizabeth. That's not just for the single guys in the room either. That was a joke, by the way. But it's this. That God, even with an angelic visit, even with a profound miracle in her own cousin. Listen to me. God sends Elizabeth is the one who affirms Mary's call and walks with her. God provides that for you and for me. And anytime time you're going to take a step of faith, I'm simple enough to believe that God will bring you someone that will affirm that call. Not only that, they will journey with you. But in the midst of that, I've got somewhat, not of a caution, but wisdom. And it's this. A burden shared is not a burdened halved. It's not. You see, even though Elizabeth was there and affirmed and confirmed that call, trust me, Mary was going to have to walk this out herself. And even though Elizabeth supernaturally understood her pregnancy... And even though Elizabeth supernaturally knew what the child was in Mary's womb, you know what? They're bearing the burden together. But Mary is going to carry the bulk of that. But even in that, what a gift it is that God gives Mary Elizabeth. Now, really the big point of the story, and I don't want us to miss this, is this, is the announcement that's made by the angel Gabriel to Mary is this, so the holy one to be born will be called the what? The son of God. I want you to catch this, because Mary got it to her core, and in getting this, her faith became real. And it's this, that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. You see, Mary was fallen just like us. Mary was completely human just like us. But Jesus' Father is literally God. And the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers Mary to conceive. The Holy Spirit covers her. The Holy Spirit dwells within her. And she conceives And the angel Gabriel announces to her that the child that you will have will literally be known as the son of God. What does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ is fully God, but he is also fully man. Here's what I know. I know some of us sitting here, maybe this is the first time we've ever even conceived of this. It's the first time we've ever really thought about it. But what I want to share with you is this is the epicenter of Christianity, that Jesus Christ was fully human like his mother, that Jesus Christ was fully God just like his father, And the Bible says with confidence that Jesus Christ left heaven, humbled himself, took on the form of a human person, lived among us, was tempted every way, just as you are, just as I am. And yet in the midst of that, he is fully God and he is fully man. It's the epicenter of the story of Christmas. So in looking at this story, how do you and I put feet to our faith? Well, it's going to be kind of simple. Because Elizabeth shared what I want to share with you when we think about putting feet to our faith. And it's this. Elizabeth announces to Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. My life of faith, my following Jesus and serving others, trust me, it's no different than Mary's. Your following Jesus and your serving others is no different than Mary's. All of us come to the point where we look at who Jesus is and with the Holy Spirit surrounding us, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we come to that point where we honestly believe that the promises of God through Christ are for me. And when we take that step of faith and when we put our feet to our faith in that way, trust me, our lives come alive in Christ. That ultimately is the Christmas story. As we conclude our time, I have a question. And the question is, when you look at Mary... And her taking a step of faith. What is it that God's been calling you to do? You are no different than she is. She is not somehow supernaturally unique from you. Listen, in Christ you are highly favored. In Christ you have found favor with God. In Christ the Holy Spirit covers you and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And in that, just like Mary... You and I have the power and the authority in Christ to accomplish things that go way beyond the natural. My question is, what is it that Christ is wanting to do in you and through you? What is it that your faith has been calling you towards? What is it that faith in Jesus has been calling you to do that you know goes beyond who you are? Now, I'll give you a promise that as you begin to step towards that and just like Mary, you believe that God will fulfill his promises to you, that as you step towards that, he will provide you an Elizabeth. He's going to provide you someone who's going to get in step with you They're going to understand God's call in your life. They will affirm it and confirm it. And it does not mean that they will equally bear that burden with you. But believe me, beyond the call of God, that person will be the gift of God for you. And you will accomplish more than you ever dreamed you could in the natural. I'm going to ask at this time if you would close your eyes. And you would take a moment... say what is it that God's calling you to, to take a step towards in faith you know what as your eyes are closed I know for some of us we need victory in an area of our life and last week if you were here and you saw those four ladies get up front and share their story from beauty for ashes and as they shared their stories God had set them free from horrible addiction maybe it's that step of faith for the others of you God's been calling you to do big things things that go beyond your natural as we open up our hearts to God I want to challenge you even encourage you to pray with faith that God in this moment is going to meet you and that your faith is going to come alive you will find that just like Mary you will accomplish so much as the Spirit of God surrounds you. And the Spirit of God dwells in you through Christ. Let's pray. God, we surrender to you now our faith and your call. We pray in this moment that your Spirit would rest upon us, that our faith would rise up within us, and that your Holy Spirit would empower us and give us the strength to do things that in the natural we simply cannot do. Lord, help us to be a group of people that as we move into this Advent Christmas season, that the example of Mary calls us, that the example of that encourages us, and we find ourselves walking out in faith and putting feet to our faith to things that are beyond our abilities. Lord, we pray for this. We believe for it. And we ask for it now in Christ's name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we conclude our time, I just mentioned Beauty for Ashes, the ministry that we are supporting through our Big Give. This morning, as we've been announcing for weeks, is the first Sunday that we're gonna be taking up what we call our Big Give Offering. The purpose of that offering has been handed out for a few weeks on this menu. We're going to encourage people to give. There are many ways that you can give. Those are highlighted on the giving envelope that was passed out as you came through the door. There's text to give, there's online giving, there's this envelope that will help you to give. If there's a specific ministry that you would like to give towards, you can prepare to do that as well. And so at this time, I'm going to ask that the ushers would come forward and we're going to prepare to give. If you're not prepared this week, again, you can do it online. You can text to give. But our goal this year is that we would give away $50,000 to those ministries that we've selected throughout the Christmas season. I want to pray before we begin to take up this offering. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to be a generous people in this Christmas season. I lift up to you those ministries that we're going to support. And in the midst of those, we pray as we give, that your spirit would go with our giving and that those people that we give to in their calling and in their faith, that they would be able to accomplish more through your spirit and our giving than they ever could on their own. We pray these things in Christ's name. In Christ's name, amen. As we take up this offering, I'd like you to keep your eyes closed and take just a few moments and spend it with Christ and allow him to minister you and your heart before we're dismissed. Whenever I hear those chairs rattle, I always say that it sounds like angels clapping. I'm going to pray the blessing over us, the pastoral blessing. But we have a special request today, and that is this, is that if you would all would be able to stay and to help us with teardown, that would be great. We've had a limited number of people that came in for teardown. And what we don't want is those people that are serving to have to be here until 2 p.m. So if you would be willing to help us with tear down, that would be awesome. If the person next to you doesn't want to do it, just put them in a holy headlock and drag them with you by faith and tell them that the Spirit of the Lord will give them the strength that they need to help us tear down. But we've got people ready to help you, to kind of show you what needs to be done. But if we all do this together, we can get out of here before the blizzard buries us all. Let's pray together. Now may the Lord bless us, and may the Lord keep us. May he cause his face to shine and turn towards us. And may he give us his peace. And we pray these things in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be
1: dismissed.